this episode has been recorded two weeks before the war in Ukraine last year. So some of the things might feel out of context. Welcome to the Weird Eye Podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spataro and Bogdan Andresov. And in this episode, we're going to talk about AI. Saving elephants. I'm actually quite glad about today's topic because I feel like recent in recent episodes we were talking about like darker topics, especially about war and the negative applications applications of AI and like AI leading to mental problems. And today I think we are really talking about the where AI is used as a solution and really helps people to help fighting poaching and try to prevent mass extinction of animals. So in case it's not clear, we're not going to talk about only saving elephants. We're just going to talk about the global legal wildlife trade, which is happening. And we're going to talk about solutions and how AI is helping saving this problem and also helping our biodiversity problem as well. So I think we can start about how talk how we currently detect poaching. Okay. But I, before that, I would try to outline how big of a problem is a poaching. Mm. Because, I mean, before researching that, like, I know that there is poaching exists, but on I never realized on what scale poaching, how big of illegal business it is. It's it's in the same, uh, in the same leagues as drug trafficking, like human trafficking, and then you have poaching where it's multi-billion industry, illegal industry, and it's not about like, you know, some poor people trying to hunt animals just to feed themselves. We are talking about like criminals or mercenaries with heavy machine machine guns and other tools like like small armies going into jungles and killing animals on a mass. For example, in Africa, poacher uh, poachers would poison water sources to kill whole whole herds of animals like especially elephants and it doesn't kill just animals it kills all animals that drink water so this is like really huge like it's a big problem and it's really hard to fight poaching because if you think about national parks they're huge it's like city-sized and to protect to, and those those parks are patrolled by rangers and if you count, calculate like you know how many square kilometers per person you get you get like 100 square kilometer per one person in a national park so it's very hard for rangers to keep track of all this territory and since it's a high margin business and also the demand has been increasing in the black markets, this problem gets harder and harder every time. And what we try to do with AI is to understand more about the nature of illegal smuggling and wildlife trade. So the first step in helping reducing the damage done by poaching is to first identify animals. and goal is quite simple if you cannot measure and measure it you cannot understand and not detect it 
So uh, how we currently track life wildlife is by trap cameras. That is the most common way. And basically these are cameras put in the forest, in the tree, which detect motion. And once they detect motion, they will take a photography. And you would then classify that image and see what there is. So you would could classify what species of the animal it is. And there's a big community and a lot of big data sets where they focus on not only detecting if it's an elephant, it also did try to detect if, if it's a male or female, if possible, and also detect uh, what kind of elephant, what species specifically. So these trap cameras are a very effective way to detect the current population of elephants, but also detect how movement of those elements are moving around through the parks or through the ecosystem. Once you detected where the elephants are, you would then want to detect poachers. And there are different ways we can do that. Uh, one way is by using drones so, or also UAVs, which are also kind of drones it's per se. Drones. Yeah. It's, it's just the same as drone. Just, just with wings, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mini airplane, a drone, the same thing. And what you can do is you would take imagery from the top and you would again use a neural network which would automatically classify what it sees. Now, in this case, this problem is a bit harder. Mainly the challenge is that you are detecting images in the night. Poaching normally occurs in, in the night, not during the day. So making this problem a bit more harder. What we use is we use infrared cameras and therefore we would get, let's say, black and white images. So big, problem which is actually detecting let's say poachers and also different animals from the sky and because yeah it's black and white and it's quite hard what we also employ is we employ game theory to actually try to catch those poachers so by making strategies where the patrols are moving around the park and uh, using also past information as like, okay, every time when there was a poaching happening, we take the data and try to make a forecast, a spatial, let's say you apply a spatial temporal algorithm, which would detect where and when a poaching could happen with probabilities. And also using game theory to optimize your search and parameter defense mechanism. Because it's like when the people are planning routes for patrolling, they usually come up with patterns like predict, which become predictable over time. And then the poachers learn the patterns of rangers and learn how to walk around them. So with those tools, like with this game theory planning tool, it's always run. It's that it's kind of like randomizes the, the patrol but it suggests the, the sectors of the park where it's more likely that there will be more traps. Because like a big part of a job for rangers is to find the traps because poachers, they usually set up traps that will immobilize animals. And those traps are very simple to make, but they are very harmful. So like wire snares that if animal steps in it, it will be immobilized another way is to use sound so sometimes imagery won't be enough to detect let's say movement even if with infrared cameras and you know maybe you're not maybe the uav is not around the zone 
for other reason, sound could definitely help more about about detecting wildlife. So even the sounds of elephants, but also hearing sounds like chainsaws or whatever sounds which could be detected, which are related to poaching activities. And if you could detect those sounds, like let's say humans moving compared to an animal moving through through the jungle or through the surface, that will be very helpful as well. And the way you normally employ it is normally these microphones are applied, put where the trap cameras are, somewhere in the trees as well. And yeah, you would apply from a machine learning perspective, you would apply an algorithm, mostly spectrogram, CNN, which would classify the sound if it's, let's say, human or a certain activity. Oh, it's quite, it gave me an interesting idea because it's, it's said that like in a forest, when, when like people are walking through, especially in wild forests, when people are in a forest, the animals go really quiet. And going back to our military topics, like when, uh, when like, military creates ambushes sometimes they put like fake sounds of wildlife not to warn like enemies that there is an ambush so i guess it's interesting with it like such approach of just listening the intensity of sounds of wildlife as a way of detecting a presence of humans in a certain region that is a very interesting, uh, and I think there's no, let's say, I mean, this is in the direction of adversarial attacks. Yeah. You expect that the poachers understand how these things work and they would create devices which would generate sounds. I mean, now me thinking it's like the best way to solve this problem is that you create your own, you basically sabotage yourself by you trying to mimic, mm -hmm. to try to trick the algorithm, then you basically train a gun or, you know, you improve the classifier where you would detect fake sounds from the real sounds. You know, it's a, just a cat of mouse game, but I think you could do something against it. I don't think it's impossible to be to trick it per se i think yeah i think like this so there is a project from harvard university that like specifically focus on wildlife and conver uh, con conversation and like a lot of what we are talking about today is from this group and i think in their latest paper they were talking about like employing like reinforced learning to create this basically a game of poacher against a ranger to optimize optimize the strategy. Which is, I think, like the current state of the art. We, we understood that creating manual rules from the game theory perspective is kind of hard, especially with a multi-variate multi problem like this here, especially considering the spatial temporal aspect of the whole thing. Reinforcement learning is definitely a tool where you could learn the strategies. And as we recently saw, we we are not only good at chess or go, we are also now good at poker, which is amazing. Consider the fact this is something which deals with probability a lot, where we have some non-deterministic things. And this this is a good sign that we could find strategies which not we human can beat, and therefore beating also the poachers. Unless, I guess, they make their own AI, and, <laughs> and you have uh, AI poach researchers which tries to find advanced strategies to beat the... <laughs> but I, don't, I think it becomes to a certain point that if you employ AI researchers to trick uh, the security, then may maybe the margins are just yeah, so the small that it's not even worth are, it. The margins start dropping, and it's like... <laughs>
it's at that point you're like maybe we should just create ai solutions to to sell <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so like with the games here it was really interesting for me because so the the argument why they were implying employing game theory was because the lack of data from before and uh and an overall approach to how to basically divide a territory of park in a form of like a game board when every sector when every section of a park is square which then gets assigned probability of of poaching and uh, it's also interesting that it's included all the geographical features so they layered maps on top of each other so you have like a map geographical map you have map of rivers you have weather map on top of it so it's create like certain features of all these uh, things we briefly mentioned we will link in the show notes the papers yeah yes i would definitely recommend to check out the the harvard post but so pav like a poll project because it's they have amazing video lectures explaining all of their papers and they are really well explained even if you're not familiar with game theory there is this paper about like this bandits approach and it's explained step by step very well that gives a really clear definite understanding and also like when it's coming to evaluation this is algorithms that are already evaluated in real life by real rangers that take it and use it so it's not just like empty tech talk about improvement it's really already in places and uh, they tested it's in cambodia jungles and in uganda and they showed statistics that like it they managed to detect twice as much snares so these wire traps while using the suggested routes from the algorithm now what we can also do with ai is help the biodiversity in our ecosystems and uh, one of the we don't need to only help on land we can also help our the nature in sea so what we can do with sea is detect all the plastic we have which are affecting our animals on a daily basis so here the approach is to have drones which would fly or or um, um boats <laughs> submarines no satellite imagery to Sat detect big chunks of plastic but on the more on the micro level you would have drones going through uh, through the seas to detect small pieces of plastic and uh, also you know announcing and then make a plan for capturing said plastic this doesn't need to be also over the water it can be done in the water with mini submarines which would just monitor a certain regions also to detect and classify the movement of of fishes so seeing what fishes are there and what population there and also detecting plastic as well so the same similar techniques okay we're not talking about poaching here since we don't have per se except whale poaching there's nothing really major except that i would say i mean i think the overfishing is overfishing yeah. problem especially in a 
recent years there was a political tension between China and other countries because a yeah, lot Argentina, of, right? Was yes, Argentina. I think it was also Australia at some point that a lot of boats coming from China were illegally fishing in their uh, waters and also in protected waters. So it's also like water, like fish poaching is the thing. Yeah, I'm not, I couldn't find, I actually talked, we looked at this a bit, but I couldn't find any really interesting paper on this, but I think this is a good opportunity for any social entrepreneurs to join. Yeah. I think like doing like projects in the sea is always harder because if you think it's like about land projects with cameras, the visibility is much better because like if you're working at night, you have uh, infrared cameras that see but like that can see everything but when you are working underwater you have very limited visibility and uh, i think much more distortion because of water and especially if you have like muddy water that creates so much more levels so many more levels problems yeah different sensory sensors to really map out the information yeah it's a definitely harder problem but interesting so yeah but also like i think like applications that apply for like drones would easily apply to the sea like to detecting boats and uh, detecting <laughs> Cut. Cut again. Cut. <laughs> so drones can help at least detect fishing boats because if you have algorithms to detect different type of vehicle vehicles, I think drone can distinguish like a fishing boat from you know any type of other vessels. Also, in terms of like biological research and wildlife preservation, I saw a very interesting project where they detect animals by their footprint. And it's quite interesting to see how, like, you know, human indigenous people in Africa, the tribes, they have like such good understanding of footprints that they can tell the age of animal how long it's how long the step was here the footprint is in the ground just by like you know having experience and looking on it and now people try to you know capture this into like helping to getting it with artificial intelligence because it's also a great way to see the animal movement because it's an actual track of its movement Sounds like a typical knowledge discovery problem where you get your domain expert, which <laughs> explains you what he sees, and you try to emulate that by mm -hmm. you training AI algorithms. <laughs> so from what, what like from what's the short description? I said it's more like you know it's visual recognition problem, yeah. like, and it was like they were, they were like encouraging people to send uh, like photos or footprints to gather as much data as possible, and uh, yeah, it's actually like. This is the domain that is where everybody can contribute. So if you like, you did a Kegel challenge on wildlife. Yeah, it was trap cameras classifying, uh, basically in those cameras to detect what animal it is. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess that data set is still available. There's every year it's updated. So yeah, actually the CV, CVRP, they're organizing every year in a workshop where they basically people try to create a better algorithm. They get more data, they make a challenge and it's, yeah, it's a very nice, very nice experience. It's not trivial at all. It's not like use state of the art and apply it. There's some extra steps and I think anyone can bring some novel ideas needed and you can, by creating a slightly better algorithm, you help the earth. You save the elephants. You save the elephants, <laughs> you save biodiversity and you're making the world a better place. Also, you mentioned flying drones. Uh, there's also data set available for that. It's called Beard's Eye. So it's Beard's Eye, but it spells like Beard's AI. And it's actually this black and white infrared These, pictures. Uh, yeah. And it's also very non-trivial because you can see like it's from different, you know, zoom levels. Sometimes you have like just small dots on the pictures. Sometimes you like, you know, you have a full shape of humans or animals. So it's, and it's very recent. I think it was also like published like a few years ago. So it's like CSI stuff. It's like you say two pixels and you somehow see the whole thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's what you, that's what you can do. You can try to upscale, upscale, it. upscale the image and do the, the future stuff. <laughs> um, uh, so are we, we're good. Is yeah, we can. So, yeah. So just to end, I want to add another story, how how the poaching market was disturbed. It was with the 3D printers. Uh, some people started like printing fake rhino horns and selling them around. And it was like hard to distinguish because they used like, you know, some, some plastic that was very similar to the structure and they did it quite, quite big enough to disturb little bit the poaching market. So it's. There's also this creative. Rem it reminds me how how the fake sneakers. So you, you know USA there, and I think also in Europe slowly, this sneaker culture where you you know those self sneakers which are like eight hundred thousand of dollars, oh. and their company they're you know Chinese of brands where they literally create almost perfect replicas and they're circulating the market, <laughs> affecting, disrupt, disrupting the whole idea of like, well, if it's fake and it looks the same, it's really just had a big disruption on the market and that. <laughs> so it's like a lot of these solutions with like trap cameras and all the detections, it of course helps and improves the situation better, but like to truly stop the poaching is the demand needs to be destroyed. So the market needs to be destroyed because if there is no monetary intensive of doing it, nobody would do it. Yeah. The only thing what we're doing with AI is just increasing the cost and surely there will be less buyers who are willing to pay a premium for it. But as long as there's a buyer, there are people who try to fulfill that demand. Yeah. But you know, baby steps. And you can be joined the movement. So. <laughs> There are a lot of data sets out there, though, though some of them are low hanging fruits where just using state of the art convolutional networks would already improve some of the performance. And yeah, if you're working in this direction, we would like to hear from you. Write us on Twitter or LinkedIn. In the show notes, you find our social media links. 
and we wish you a great day. Cool. I will not sign off. <laughs> okay.